The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by Relola. The Relola app helps agents leverage their local expertise. Create a beautiful interactive map of everything you love about your community, from businesses to listings to local features. Share it on Facebook and your website. And it's free for all realtors in 2018. Learn more at relola.com. Originally, when I, when I started making the videos, what I wanted to do was bring value to my loan officers and say, hey, listen, I know that you get these questions 100 times a month. From now on, just send them this video. And then what I realized was a lot of the loan officers were like, hey, if you could actually explain that to us a little bit better, I'd appreciate it. So then I started doing videos, you know, more directed at the loan officers as well. But I still try to do most of my videos so that, you know, the loan officer or the realtor can get the information that they need, but that they can repurpose it to the customer. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 124 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. And as we keep working our way into 2018, it's been fun for me. I've Last week, we had Joshua from Evernote. And this week, I'm staying away from realtors again. I'm sticking with somebody who helps realtors and lenders and, and somebody who was referred to me by some good friends in, in the Phoenix area who've used Sam Parker. Sam is uh, the founder of MyCreditGuy.com, a credit restoration service. And we know how important that is in our world to be able to get buyers to a place where they're able to then kind of go ahead with that, you know, make that biggest purchase of their life. And uh, and it's really an interesting concept. I, I want to make sure that we know there's differences between a lot of the companies that have the word credit in their name. So, so Sam's going to help us with that. So welcome to the podcast, Sam. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I know that you, you live in Chandler, I think your, your company's based in Mesa. So, and how, um, you know, first of all, are you enjoying Phoenix? Yeah, I, uh, I love it here. I feel like I, uh, I feel like I went on vacation and never had to go home, honestly. <laughs> you know what? That's funny you say that because my wife and I feel the same way about our relocation to St. Pete, right? <laughs> we, oh, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see that feeling there as well. <laughs> yeah. We're real close to the water and it feels like we don't have to pack up and go back, back to Chandler or Gilbert. It's great. So, but it's all relative. It's yeah. all relative. But let me, first of all, yep. do a little research as we were preparing for this podcast and, uh, and I see that you're from a really small town in, in Iowa. Tell us about that town and, and, and tell us about growing up, you know, in a, and I, I always ask people this question about growing up in a different place, but that was normal to you. And, and so talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So I'm from Vinton, Iowa, which is kind of right in the middle of nowhere um, in, in relative terms. Cause I mean, we're, we're, you know, four and a half hours away from Chicago. We're five hours away from Kansas City. Uh, you know, Des Moines, Iowa is two hours away. Cedar Rapids, Iowa was was only about 30 minutes away. Um, so there's a couple hundred thousand people there. But our town was uh, 5,000. So it is a fairly small town. Um, and, you know, if there's, if there's one thing that I got from growing up in Iowa, and, you know, I don't know that everybody got this, but just kind of the way that, that my path went was, you know, I always wanted you know, to, to get stuff. And the way that you did that was, was by working in the jobs that we had, you know, basically anything that I did, I would rather do almost anything else. So then as I went through life comparing, you know, uh, sitting at a desk or making 200 phone calls a day or something like that to bailing hay 
or to, you know, spending all day detasseling corn or, you know, something like that. Everything just seemed easy after that, honestly. And so I really appreciated that work ethic that I, you know, unknowingly got growing up in Iowa, you know, with the, you know, with the odd jobs as I was growing up or, you know, being a wrestler and kind of getting that mentality, the Iowa wrestler mentality. And, you know, it just makes it so that, that things after that in life just really aren't, aren't, they don't seem too tough or too bad. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. That Midwestern work ethic we hear about so much. I mean, that, that it absolutely makes sense that that's where that comes from. Um, so you're an Iowa guy. So I got to ask you, it's either going to be Hawkeyes or Cyclones. Which one? You know, I, I'm a Hawkeyes fan. I'm a, I'm a Hawkeye black and gold through and through, but I am not a Cyclone hater. And there's, there's a lot of those. So as long as we're not playing each other, I am cheering for uh, Iowa state to do big things. But when it comes to, you know, Head to head, I got to go Hawkeyes. Yeah, they, I'll tell you what, Iowa State had an amazing year this year in football, right? That was had to be a ton of fun. Yeah, to yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, they had a great run for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So you said wrestling. So did you did you wrestle beyond high school, or was that kind of did you stop there? No, you know, I was I had plans too, but my last match of my senior year, I, I tore my elbow up pretty good, and then you know those plans kind of disintegrated or got put on hold, and I'm. I'm too impulsive to put things on hold. So then I, I went a little bit different direction, decided I'd, I'd eat a little bit more food, you know, drink a little bit more water, have a little bit more fun, you know, than I, than I had been for the last couple of years. And so then I went to college uh, for a, a couple of years and I was flip flopping back and forth between business and education. And then an opportunity came up, uh, you know, where a headhunter got a hold of me. I had been working part-time as just a, a like a telemarketer at MCI when I was 18, a headhunter got a hold of me, said, Hey, you know, are you, would you be interested in helping run a sales department at a credit repair company? And I was like, well, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> that sounds better than, you know, going back this fall. And so, you know, that's kind of where I stumbled into credit repair to begin with. I was, you know, only 19 years old. So, yeah, so, I mean, that, yeah. that happens a lot. And I think, I think in our world that, that many times when I talk to guests, it's, well, somebody said, hey, you might want to try this. It'll be, you know, you could be good at it. <laughs> And that's in real estate, whether yeah. it's lending, even title, you know, so that's, that happens a lot in our world. Uh, and then obviously you've taken this and turned it into something else, which is great. But so, so how long have you been in Arizona? So I am coming up on three years now. It was Super Bowl weekend when the Super Bowl was here that, uh, that I moved here. So coming up on three years. And uh, what brought you out? Was it a desire to leave the cold winters? Was it, what, what got you out here? Yeah, you know, a, a couple things. I, I wanted to, I was going to leave the company that I was working with for, for many reasons. And I wanted to do things better, do things the right way, in my, in my opinion. And so I was going to leave. And I decided, you know, if I'm going to start all over, I might as well try to find a bigger market with, uh, you know, warmer weather, because I get kind of bummed out in those, those long Iowa winters. And so I wanted to be able to run, you know, 12 months a year. And, and so I said, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go somewhere that, that, allows us to do that and and you know coming out here i had i had only been out here one time before for a meeting but i i loved it and so we said hey while we're doing crazy things let's just also move 1200 miles away yeah this is you and your wife and you you have a family right yep yep so it was me my wife and to make things a little bit crazier we had a two-year-old and a six-month-old and you know we knew a couple people out here through business but i mean through emails you know we didn't really have friends or family out here and, and we definitely uh underestimated that aspect of things having that uh, <laughs> tribe you know there to, to help things out so but we made it but it was it was rough <laughs> yeah well if you make it through that you can make it through anything that's 
That's exactly, exactly. Impressive. We just keep doing that to ourselves, battle tested. Right. So I, I have a, I'm a very curious you know, guy. That's why I even started this podcast you know, two and a half years ago is I like finding out stuff. And so I've never talked to somebody who does what you do for a living. And I'm, I just assume or guess that when you tell people what you do, they they think it's something else or they just get in a weird place. Am I right with that? Or are they, mm-hmm. okay, tell me how that, how that. Well, well, you got a couple things. First of all, you got people that are confusing us with, you know, say consumer credit counseling or debt consolidation or something in in that realm that has that kind of payday loanish, you know, vibe around it. Right. And then and then you have the unfortunately the the reputation that our industry has earned, which is um, you know, you got a lot of people coming in without a large knowledge base, without much testing, uh, minimal licensing, if they're even, you know, abiding by the laws and getting licensed or bonded, um, you know, and, and, and states are cracking down on that. And some states are better than others. But, you know, unfortunately, there, there are some bad players out there. So, you know, usually when I tell people what I do, I very quickly explain, you know, how we're a little bit different. And then, you know, the fact that we operate on, on basically, you know, we'll help somebody that contacts us, you know, off the internet or sees our sign or something like that, but we're almost exclusively, a, a, you know, referral based. So, you know, when you're referral based then you can, you know, kind of get out of that stigma too, because, you know, you're just working with the people that know the good work that you do. Right. You've been at this for quite a while. You mentioned right when you got out of school. So, you know, tell us how long have you been here? Was there maybe a little bit of a timeline with the companies you're with and when you started, you know, my credit guy? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, it's been almost 15 years now. Geez, I'm, I'm 34 now. So going crazy getting up there, but, uh, um, uh, I originally started, uh, with a small company back in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, it was a situation where I didn't love the way that things were going there. So I actually moved to Waterloo, Iowa and started my first company with American credit repair. I started that when I was 20 years old, grew that up for about three and a half, four years, uh, sold off to a competitor, uh, worked there for, uh, running sales and, and other things for about six and a half years and then kind of hit a, a wall with them. And it was, it was time for me and, 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 some others to move on. So that's where we moved out here to, uh, to, uh, Arizona was the beginning of 2015. So now my credit guy is technically three years old. I feel, I feel like it's a little bit mad, but, but it's technically only three years old, but, uh, you know, we, we, we've done some good things in the time that we've been here and luckily we've, you know, got the reputation of getting the job done. So yeah, try to keep that going. So you, I, I, the technology side of things always interests me. And so I'm just thinking back to the technology in 05. I mean, there were websites and they were getting better. <laughs> but talk about some of the biggest changes for you in the last 15 years for your business and, and how, yeah. how you work with, because obviously you work incredibly closely with credit agencies and those kinds of things. So how does that happen? It's been quite the transformation. I mean, I remember when I first started just, just tech alone, we used to, you know, sometimes fax messages back and forth, you know, depending on the loan officer's preference, you know, so to think back that we used to do that's kind of crazy. I'd get the credit reports faxed over and have to fax things back around. So, so that part, you know, has changed quite a bit, but just, um, marketing wise, I mean, we used to, you know, I used to be a, uh, like a post-it note, maybe an Excel spreadsheet guy. And so, you know, with the, uh, with the, you know, the CRMs becoming more and more popular, which is, you know, something that we've really gotten into automations, workflows, you know, just stuff like that just can make life and the customer experience so much better that we're really, you know, tech, you know, uh, 
I don't, I don't want to say dependent, but savvy because that's the way that that clients are right now. They don't want to necessarily have a phone call. They want a, a chat option or they want to text. And so, you know, we're just trying to deliver the product the way they want it. But yeah, times have definitely changed in the last 15 years with technology. Yeah. You, you could have been a realtor saying those exact same things, right? I mean, everyone in this industry <laughs> kind of works the same way. You can be in credit restoration, you could be a home inspector, you can be, you know, a, a, a home warranty rep. But you're, those things you're saying apply across everywhere. I love that you said that. That's perfect. You now you you mentioned this. You're pretty much referral only. That's that's your goal, obviously. And a lot of realtors are the same way. You're not dealing with the general public as much, but it's lenders and realtors who are your referral partners who identify someone who um, you can help. So how do you? How are you marketing to those industries to kind of acquire new business? What are you doing? Yeah, we used to do like a lot of shows, you know, like the national mortgage shows and, and stuff like that anymore. You know, luckily, we've just asked our referral partners to refer us to their, you know, colleagues. And it's kind of grown like that. Or, you know, Facebook is a really great tool, you know, that we use. We just post up our, our authentic uh, reviews from clients or snippets of emails with loan officers saying, hey, I got the deal done, which, you know, unfortunately in the credit repair industry, there's lots of claims of getting the deal done, but you just don't see a lot to back it up. And so what we started trying to do was, you know, just be really authentic and show people, you know, the results that that we've achieved. And, but, uh, but yeah, just trying to be in the mortgage and real estate scene and let people know that we're available here, trying to talk to, you know, loan officers and realtors that, that, you know, want to help the clients as long as the clients want the help. And if we have a couple serious parties involved, there's no reason that we can't get back to the closing table in a timely manner. Yeah, I'm going to assume that it's <laughs> much like someone who needs to stop doing something that they're that they they've got to be the one to first identify. Yeah, I've got a problem and I need help. That is absolutely a part of your world, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so we have two types of clients that come into us. We have the ones that are kicking and screaming and doing it only because their loan officer or realtor says that they should. And then you got the ones that are like, look, I, I've been looking for help like this. I just didn't know where to go. Because, you know, the general consensus out there because of the skepticism of credit repair is, oh, that's something that you should do yourself, right? But that's a pretty daunting task once you get into it. And so you have the people that they wanted help, but they've been, you know, they didn't know what to do. And then you got the people that they take a while to kind of get their minds to change, but that's why we build in the credit education and the budgeting so that they can go, Oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing. Or this is what I did that, that caused this to happen and, or, or that caused this to happen to my credit report. You know, something didn't randomly happen to you. You, you, you did something that caused these things. And so once we get that realization, then uh, there's some progress that's made. But until that happens, it's, it's definitely tough. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're heavily embracing social media and video. I'm watching some of your Facebook Live stuff. And, and I love that you're out there doing that because you're really able to share content. You're able to tell stories, which I think, you know, uh, storytelling is such a key thing to do today. If you're trying to connect with people, the, the right people you want to connect with. Talk about what that learning curve was like. How comfortable were you in front of the camera when you first started doing it? And and even share some of the results. Have you seen some successes from that already? Yeah. I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's nothing better than video. I, I it just, it, it, I shouldn't say that on a podcast, should I? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but marketing wise, really, I mean, you can see somebody's face, you know what I mean? You can tell, you know, at least some people think they can tell when they can tell the sincerity of somebody by looking at their face. Right. And so that's what, that's what people want to see. And I, I knew that, but when I first started, 
Um, I wanted to do it right. So I ordered my green screen and my camera and my tripod and all that. And it sat in my office for about six months, just, just sitting there. I was like, I'm going to get around to it, but where do you start and what do you do? So finally I started shooting some videos and it was rough. Uh, you know, when you first start in video, uh, you know, I, I think you tend to either be really rigid, like you think you need to be overly professional or you're gimmicky, like, Hey, you know, I got something for you. And you know, so I tried shooting some videos, both of those routes and they just didn't feel right. And finally I was like, you know what, I'm going to shoot video. Like you're like, I, like my, my buddy from high school was asking me these questions. And so then that's kind of how I started trying to envision it was that, you know, my buddy from high school walked up to me and said, Hey, Sam, you know, I'm thinking about paying off a collection. What should I do? And how would I answer that? And, and then, so that's kind of the mentality I tried to go with, but it took years of doing it to where now I'm, I'm really comfortable with it. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the interaction I get from it. And every time you do a video, the question comes up in your mind, gosh, why don't I do more of these? You know what I mean? There's, there's not really a situation that, that you would do a good video with good content and go, ah, I shouldn't have done that. So yeah, it's, it's been good. I mean, I I can imagine your email and, and your text, the hundreds of questions you receive that each one of them is the seed of a video, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so that that's one thing that originally when I, when I started making the videos, what I wanted to do was bring value to my loan officers and say, Hey, listen, I know that you get these questions a hundred times a month from now on, just send them this video. And then what I realized with a lot of the loan officers were like, Hey, if you could actually explain that to us a little bit better, I'd appreciate it. So then I started doing videos, you know, more directed at the loan officers as well, but I still try to do most of my videos so that you know, the loan officer or the realtor can get the information that they need, but that they can repurpose it to the customer. And then that way you're not having to answer the, the same question, you know, 20 times. Or if you think that you're giving an incomplete answer, if you just get it right one time on video, you're good to go. That's your representation going forward and people really like it. So. Well, well here I am. I'm going to make you answer a question, not on video, on a podcast <laughs> that, that I'm sure people <laughs> These are the kind of questions you get all the time, but I, I've got you here, so I, I want to take advantage of that opportunity. What are you know a few things that uh, that we all should do, right, to to either protect our credit score or to keep it as high as possible? I mean, I think we're all we all understand, hopefully, online security and 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 really protecting your your identity. But what are some of those other things that we uh, we should be doing better? In terms of monitoring my credit or keeping up on it, I honestly just uh, have a good monitoring service. I personally like Identity IQ, and I can send anybody that link. Um, you know, it gives you all three credit bureaus, refreshes it once a month, and score-wise, it's about as close as I've seen to a lender's pull. And so that's why I, I, I use that one. I don't personally uh, get a lot into like the, the different, you know, the identity theft protections and different stuff like that because. You know, a lot of them come with different bells and whistles that I'm just not interested in, but, but that's how I, I monitor it. But then, you know, in terms of, you know, just kind of monthly upkeep with it, I, I would say that for somebody who makes their payments on time, okay, so, so your average Joe Schmo who doesn't really need credit repair, just wants to keep their credit scores as high as possible, the biggest factor is going to be credit cards and people uh, passing the certain thresholds that cost you a lot of points. So anytime you go over 50% of a balance limit ratio on a credit card, your scores are going to start to drop really over 30%. You're going to start to not be ideal, but 30% under ideally in that five to 10% range is going to keep your scores sky high on a monthly basis. Um, 
other than that, I would encourage everybody to get signed up with, you know, a bill pay system of some kind or monthly alerts. I like mint.com a lot. It's nice and clean and it'll show you, you know, Hey, you have a payment coming up or, um, here's what your balances are or whatever. It's just one nice kind of dashboard to go to. But, um, I would say, you know, you just make sure your payments get made on time and then keep those credit card balance limit ratios down. And that's going to keep the scores up, you know, for most people that, that don't need full credit repair. Gotcha. There, there are also a lot of uh, scams out there. You talked about it. There's a reputation issue, right? That, I mean, look, it, it's yep. in, it's in real estate, it's in lending, it's in your industry. Um, so let's talk about some of the people out there that are, to be quite honest, kind of preying on people that are in trouble sure. looking for help. How, what should people kind of be, be aware of? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Well, the, the, the governing kind of letter of the law for credit repair is the CROA, Credit Repair Organizations Act. And it's really not too complicated. So I don't understand why most get it wrong. Um, but I guess I shouldn't say most, but a lot get it wrong <laughs> because what it says is you're not supposed to charge up front. Okay. Um, and you're not supposed to charge until your services have been provided. What a lot of these companies do is they, they twist the words a little bit or, or whatever you want to say in their contract. And they say, oh, well, the service that we're providing is just disputes, just sending out disputes. Or the service we're providing is just taking your application or doing your initial intake interview. And if you ask somebody, hey, is that what you're paying for? They would never say yes. And so the companies that charge up front, that's no good. The companies that overpromise, if they're saying, I can get this, 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 and this removed all the time, no problem. That's what we do. You know, they give you a little wink. Those are ones to stay away from as well because they can't do those things. They, 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 I'm not saying that they never have. And those are the examples that they'll parade in front of you, how they got all, you know, 12 of these items deleted. But that is not going, going to happen every time. And so we're going to end up with clients that are being overpromised. And then who do they come back to when the, when the, credit repair companies not answering the phone, they're coming back to that loan officer, they're coming back to that realtor. So that's why we we don't charge until the 30th day of service, because then there's no doubt that that client has gotten the services that they paid for. Um, so that's a couple things, just the over-promising, um, the, uh, the, sorry, the over-promising and then the charging up front are really the, the two big ones. And then I would also just, you know, make sure that the company's even licensed and bonded because unfortunately you get a lot of those companies out there, you know, even calling loan officers saying, hey, I want your business, but they haven't, they haven't taken the proper steps to be licensed or bonded to protect the consumer. And that's something that the loan officers should take super seriously. Right. So and these, and these are all, you know, companies that claim to do credit repair. I, you had an interesting Facebook Live recently that talked about the uh, credit counseling services. Can you give me like a quick hit on that? Yeah, consumer credit counseling is going to be used for debt consolidation and elimination. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that it's also going to increase their credit scores. And it does the opposite because usually the tactic of a consumer credit counseling company is going to be to have you pay them the money that you would have normally paid to, say, five different credit cards. You make them one payment. However, you have no leverage with those credit card companies unless you're already late with them. So to create leverage, the consumer credit counseling company is going to withhold your payment for usually about 90 days, let it go late, let the credit card companies start freaking out a little bit, and then they give them a call. And yeah, now that credit card company is willing to play ball, lower the interest rate, make the payments better or whatever. But now you have valid 90 day late on multiple credit cards. You know, that's just a hypothetical example. But so in that instance, your credit is, I don't want to say ruined, but it just took a monster hit. Whereas what I'm trying to do or what my credit guy is trying to do 
is go the opposite direction, figure out a way to work through these debts while increasing the credit score and getting somebody home loan eligible. Yeah. So you, you've got like, you've got to work out a different, um, I mean, I'm sure you see kind of the same repetitive, um, you know, solutions, but each one's, yeah. it's, each one's kind of unique in its own way, depending on what that, where that person is and what their lifestyle, yeah. all kinds of things I'm sure you take into account, right? Yeah, absolutely. Each, each case is different and you know, the budget depends on, you know, because for most people it's fairly standard, at least the steps we need to go through challenge any inaccuracies that the client, you know, disagrees with anything that, you know, gets deleted or updated is great. Anything that comes back as verified as validated debt. Then at that point we would help the client work through with, you know, a settlement or a pay for deletion offer. And then we also help the client add new positive trade lines. But if we get to any one of those phases and the client's not ready, then we got to tweak things a little bit. Or if we get to, you know, where the first round of disputes came back and something was verified, but that client sitting there and saying, that is absolutely not mine, that shouldn't be there. Well, then we would refer them out to our attorney um, at no cost to the client. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, you get to different forks in the road, but no matter what that fork is, you know, we, we should have a solution for the client to keep them progressing towards that closing table. Right. Well, Sam, I, I really appreciate your time uh, here on the Real Estate Sessions. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm going to wrap up podcast with the same question I've asked every guest. Now, you've never sold real estate, but a lot of our guests no. are not realtors. But I, I all, I've always asked them the same question. And here you go. If you could give one piece of advice to a realtor just getting started in the business, what would it be? Jeez. Well, coming from my perspective, I would say don't discriminate, meaning just because somebody can't qualify for a home loan or, or to, to purchase a home that you're trying to sell them right now doesn't mean they won't. And if you want to be a realtor for more than two months, then that means that if you start a pipeline with people who are seeking out your services, but maybe need a little bit of help, then you'll have that nice loyal pipeline, that steady pipeline that starts in, you know, two to four months from the time that you start forming them. So, you know, that's, uh, that's just a whole sector of business that most realtors will turn away from and, and, and not want. And it's right there for you. That's great. Sam, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my number is 866-726-7339. The website is mycreditguy.com and my email is sam at mycreditguy.com. Sam, thanks for taking some time and, and for sharing some great information with the audience. I, I really appreciate uh, your, your help today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it.